Good morning. It's Thursday, February 1st, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories and other important things going on in our community. Today, Matthew Sear Gistinger, a 27-year-old man from Sierra Vista, is now serving a life sentence. This sentence comes after Gistinger's guilty plea to the first-degree murder of his former boss, Roosevelt Brent Hester. Before we begin, some Arizona trivia. Did you know that David Spade was raised in Arizona and is a renowned actor, comedian, writer, and producer? Rising from his stand-up comedian roots, he achieved fame on Saturday Night Live from 1990 until 1996, later venturing into film and TV. His notable films include Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, Joe Dirt, and Grown Ups. Spade also starred in TV sitcoms like Just Shoot Me and Rules of Engagement, earning Emmy and Golden Globe nominations for the former. He lent his voice to several animated characters, including Cusco in The Emperor's New Groove. Spade hosted his own late-night show, Lights Out with David Spade. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Benson Hospital. Benson Hospital now has three locations for primary care services. Let their compassionate providers care for your entire family. Your health starts here. Call to schedule an appointment today at 520-720-6551. Now our feature story. Matthew Sear Gistinger, a 27-year-old man from Sierra Vista, is now serving a life sentence at the Arizona State Prison Complex, Tucson. This sentence, handed down by a Cochise County judge in November, comes after Gistinger's guilty plea to the first-degree murder of his former boss, Roosevelt Brent Hester. The tragic incident unfolded on September 22, 2022, at the site of the old Bisbee High School, which was being converted into apartments. Gistinger, who was sentenced to life imprisonment with no possibility of release for 25 years, committed this crime just a day after being fired by Hester. The attack was meticulously planned. Gistinger purchased a 22 caliber rifle and ammunition in Sierra Vista and even disguised himself as a United Parcel Service driver to carry out the murder. Hester was shot multiple times at close range. In addition to the life sentence for murder, Gistinger received a seven and a half year sentence for aggravated assault. This was for pointing the rifle at two other construction workers at the scene. His transport from the Cochise County Jail to the prison occurred in December following an assessment period to determine the appropriate housing assignment. As of January 23rd, Gistinger is classified as a close custody inmate, the second highest public risk classification. He's also considered a moderate internal risk level. The evidence against Gistinger was overwhelming. It included eyewitness testimonies, surveillance video from the construction site, and a confession. Gistinger himself called 911 after the shooting and remained at the scene to describe the murder to investigators. The guilty pleas were entered after a settlement conference in October 2023 where the victim's representatives and other victims participated. A key part of the plea agreement was the removal of the premeditated murder allegation leading to the dismissal of four other felony charges related to the shooting and additional charges from a separate incident on the day of the firing. However, there's still an ongoing aspect to this case. Judge Jason Lindstrom has set a May 28th deadline for victims to submit restitution claims. Gistinger has waived his right to attend any restitution hearings, but will be represented by a court-appointed attorney. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Hi, this is Didi Rodriguez, the Executive Director here at Prestige Assisted Living. Did you know heart disease is the number one cause of death among older adults? But here at Prestige Assisted Living in Sierra Vista, we take the health and wellness of our residents to heart. 
we are offering a free guide on heart health for older adults on our website. Visit prestigecanhelp.com to download your free guide today. Again, that is prestigecanhelp.com. Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Lolly from the Lolly Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small-town dealer-friendly. Come into any one of the Lolly dealerships today or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lolly deal. Nobody. Now, best of preps. Well, hey again, everybody. Welcome back to your favorite segment inside the Daily Chirp Podcast. It is time once again for Game of the Week, where we get to sit down with the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, Bruce Wetton, and talk about all things Cochise County Sports this past week, the week ahead. There's a lot going on, Bruce. We got football to talk about. We got milestones to accomplishment. And Jeff, we got a state champion we can brag about. Let's go, man. All right. Well, we're going to start off with football. I come on the show today bringing some bad news. One of our beloved football coaches has decided to step down. Eric Halverson of Wilcox is stepping down after four seasons. He confirmed it for me on Tuesday that he is leaving due to burnout after four years, and he's leaving Wilcox with a 27-14 and 14 record. And uh, what's he going to do now? He's going to relocate to Pine Top and take a year off and – just sit back and not enjoy having the stresses of coaching. That's a huge deal. Uh, he's our third one from the 2A region because we've already lost Benson. Sean Hawley of Bisbee has stepped away, and we are still waiting to find out what's going to happen. The search for that replacement has begun. And Halverson, I actually found out about Halverson at the Bisbee-Wilcox basketball game last Friday at Coaches College, but Eric was not returning my phone calls or text messages. And so finally on Tuesday, he did get back with me. We had a long talk, and a lot of it was off the record. But the bottom line on the record is burnout as to why he's stepping away. He's leaving. He says he feels like he's leaving the program in very good, a very good program, very good hands with whoever steps in, good talent, a Landon Ward, and uh, a lot of the other running backs are coming back next year that should make for a good program. But at the same time, I know that he's been dealing with a lot because he's a 24-hour, 365-day coach. So I think he just finally got me to the point where I need a timeout. And uh, he's not given up the possibility of returning to coach someday. But he said for right now, he's going to go to Pine Top, relocate to Pine Top, and enjoy the mountains and maybe do a little fishing. And that's what Chris Dieterman did at Benson. Chris stepped away and then came over and joined Buena. So I don't think we've seen the last of Eric. I think we've seen the last of Eric in the 2A East. But I think he'll be back in coaching capacity somewhere. So you're telling me that, breaking news, Eric Holmerson is going to be Joe Thomas's assistant assistant coach <laughs> coming up this fall? Is that what you're saying, Bruce? He's stepping away for a year, <laughs> don't forget. So I like Eric. I really enjoyed working with him. And what I liked about him is he was very upfront. Sometimes I didn't like the things he told me. But I respected his his words because, I mean, he did not hold back. If he didn't like a story we wrote, I heard about it. If he felt like he was being jilted by the uh, the region honors, which that was a discussion we had months ago, he he let it be known. And so he spoke his mind, and, and if it hurt your feelings, then, oh, well. So, But that's what you do when you're a 24-7, 365 coach, right? He's one of the best I've ever worked with, and I've oh, only known him three years. That's high praise. And um, I have a lot of respect for him and— 
to walk away, I can just imagine, you know, what his family must be thinking. Hey, we're going to have dad home for a while now because, again, we're not going to be missing him so much because he's always football, football, football. And don't forget, he would take these kids to California. He would take these kids to Round Valley. He would take these kids on all kinds of summer excursion camps where it was just team building, team chemistry, team bonding. So that's my big breaking story for today's show. Yeah, huge story. And then I want to follow up by giving a huge congratulatory to Bisbee's Jose Mendez. Last Friday, prior to the Bisbee-Wilcox game, Mike Hernandez called me, the Bisbee coach, basketball coach, and said, Bruce, I got some exciting news. And I said, okay, great, what's up? Jose Mendez has surpassed 1,000 points. I said, really? When when, when did this happen? Oh, about two weeks ago. <laughs> and it was like, excuse me? <laughs> These coaches will sit on their games for two or three weeks and then suddenly decide, oh, I need to upload in the max preps. So when he uploaded in the max preps, he discovered he discovered that going into the Wilcox game, Mendez was at 1,124 points. Oh, my gosh. And he's adding to it. So as of this show... He is at 1,134 points in 60 games, and he's averaging 18.8 points per game. They have two games left in the regular season plus the state playoffs. They're going to be at Valley Union on Wednesday night, tonight, the the night of the show, the taping. And then they're going to host Marinci again, also at Valley Union on Thursday. And why is the game being played at Valley Union? Because of the Bisbee Gym fiasco. Coaches College was really receptive to having the Bisbee program play there last Monday and Friday, but because of the importance of the games this week for the Apaches, they needed their facilities for their teams, so the Coaches Gymnasium was not available. So Bisbee hosted Santa Rita Monday at NACO, and I guess it was over capacity because it was just so, so many fans showed up and the NACO gym is not that big. So yesterday, Jonathan Watts, the principal at Bisbee High School, sent me a text followed by a phone call from Joni Giacomino, the assistant principal, saying, we're playing Thursday's game at Valley Union. I said, I know you're playing Wednesday at Valley Union. She said, no, Wednesday and Thursday at Valley Union. She said, we needed the gym big enough because we know how the Marinci fans travel. Yeah. And she said, we needed a place that had more space than what, what Knuckles Gym did. So Bisbee's going to be in Valley Union on Wednesday, and then they're going to be back at Valley Union hosting Marinci on Thursday. So exciting news for them as we continue to see what's going to happen and as Mendez continues to add to his point totals. Amazing. Jeff, we're going to talk more about this game in just a second, but Friday night's game was senior night at Wisby High for Bisbee High School at Wilcox, I mean at Cushy's College. What a magical evening. The place was packed, absolutely, and it was loud. And the best thing is it was all fans. There was no Cushy's players there because they were on the road at Prescott playing Yavapai. So great atmosphere, uh, great energy, and Bisbee prevailed, and very happy for them. But, yeah, hats off to, to Mr. Jose Mendez. But I want to brag about my state champion this week. Sunday, I called our friend Pat McCumber to talk with him about wrestling because they had been at a wrestling tournament, and he shared with me that his female wrestlers, Carissa Riggs and Abby Tingle, won their respective weight classes at the Talon Invitational that was held Saturday, January 27th at the Sandra Day O'Connor High School in Phoenix. We have a story about this accomplishment in the Wednesday edition of the Herald Review and also online at myheraldreview.com. And so while Tingle and Riggs won their championships, Lizeth Espino and Natalie Thompson both finished third, and Liliana Millinar placed fourth in their respective weight classes at the tournament. As a team, Wilcox was a lone Cochise County participant in the 16-team tournament, and they finished second 
behind La Jolla Community High School out of Avondale, and they finished ahead of numerous 4A, 5A, and 6A wrestling teams. Interesting. So they've got a good team. Jingle, who wrestles at 152, went 4-0, pinning all four of her opponents. Her fastest pin was in 34 seconds. Her longest pin was 69 seconds. Didn't take long either way. So all four of her matches didn't equal a one wrestling match, which is six minutes. Unreal. So, so she was dominant. She's peaking at the right time, he said. And then, of course, Riggs, she went 5-0 and in the day, winning three wins by pin, one by technical fall, and one by major decision. So we were talking about them. He said, hey, he said, I got a state champion for you to write about if you're interested. Throw it to me. Well, come to find out, we have a young man, Pedro Pete Kingman, he went 6-0 and at the state middle school state championships this past weekend in Prescott Valley, and he won the state championship for the heavyweight weight class. And he's from Wilcox. He's from Wilcox, and he's a protege. Waiting to, he can't wait to get in the patch program. He just reloads. Big story about him with a photo in the Wednesday edition of the Herald Review. Now, the thing is about it, I interviewed Pete on Monday, courtesy of helping the Pat set about the phone interview for me. This kid won the match on one leg. Wait, what? He went in, healed and ready to go in the first match, and he was fine. In the second match, he got taken down, and he got taken down hard. And when he did, he tore a ligament and sprained a knee in one of his legs. Oh, no. He was determined to win that state championship. So he came back on, quote, unquote, one leg, wrestled four matches and won, gets into the finals, and in the finals, he was wrestling a kid named Peter Rivas of Summerton, and the kid was, that kid was 40-4 and four going into the state championship match. And Rivas kept attacking his leg, as an opponent should. He kept Absolutely. attacking him. So it's 7-6, to six, 10, minutes, 10 seconds to go in the match, and Summerton goes for the takedown. And so Kingman's trying to hold him off, hold him off, and he prevails on holding him off for 10 seconds to escape, literally escape, with a 7-6 to six win on one good leg and one bad leg. And as a state champion. And as a state champion. <laughs> and so uh, I applaud the young man. And uh, like I said, we gave him a nice little story in the paper. I interviewed his wrestling coach at Wilcox, John Larson, about him. And he's just one in a handful of middle school state champions. So Pat has good reason to brag. And I'm happy that he was able to share that story with us. And I'm even happier we were able to get it out and kind of brag about our youth. But this is a kid to watch. Coming uh, up, hopefully he heals up well, and he's got a full off season now yeah. to do so and get ready. But I said, "What's your what's your biggest anticipation?" He said, "I can't wait to get to high school." So I'm anxious to see what he does. Very exciting. So those are the three big stories from this past weekend. Coaches colleges, men and women's basketball teams were in action this past weekend, and they both won both of their games over Prescott at Prescott over Yellow Pie College. The men posted score wins of 81-68 and 73-69, while the women won their games 82-62 and 80-58. So they are on a, the men have won three in a row. The women have won four in a row. The win streak's back intact right now, and uh, they're off and running with games this weekend that we'll be talking about here later in the show. But the thing that I was so looking forward to was baseball finally kicked off this past weekend at Cochise College, and it was beautiful. It was nippy, but it wasn't hot. Great baseball weather, and they were hosting the College of Southern Idaho out of Twin Falls. This is normally a very good program that's always running in the national rankings every year. However, I checked in the NJCAA preseason rankings, and they weren't ranked this year, but they were ranked as also receiving votes. So 
Game one on Friday, Pima lose. I mean, uh, Idaho wins ten to four. Okay, so Coach's first game, rough start, yada yada yada. So I go out for the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday, and Cochise's bats were booming, man. Cochise blew out this team seventeen to nothing Whoa. in four innings, five innings. Uh, it was they scored six runs in the first, six in the third, and five in the fourth. Mercy ruled. Mercy ruled basically because in college there is a mercy rule when you're playing doubleheaders. So they didn't even after Idaho batted in the top of the fifth, game was called. I thought, well, good, the series is tied one one. And then in game two of the Saturday doubleheader, Coach East lost six to one, and uh, and then they dropped the game on Sunday nine to six. So they went one and three against College of Southern Idaho. And in the Wednesday edition of the Herald Review, I interviewed Todd Englehart, the baseball coach at Coach East College, who I might add is celebrating his twenty fifth anniversary at Coach East College this year. I sat down with Todd on Monday. We have a feature coming out about out about him in the coming weeks. Um, he's got eight hundred and thirty five wins. In 25 years at Coaches College. My goodness. He's tearing them up. And um, Todd has no signs of stepping down. He's having fun. But he did tell me that this is a very young team and that his pitchers on this, the returning pitchers on this staff, only have 35 innings of collegiate experience going into the season. And his batters, Matisse Morant, a sophomore from uh, Australia, who I might add, has just signed a letter of intent with. University of Arizona. Really? The Wildcats? Yeah, the Wildcats. Yeah, he assigned with the Wildcats along with two other players that are going to go to Division Two. But anyway, Matthias is, Matisse, excuse me, they call him Matisse. Uh, he's going to finish out the season at Coach East, and then he's going to go Big Ten or Big Twelve. Oh, yeah. What is the, what is that division? Pac-12, right, Bruce? They're, right? Back, they're Pac-12, <laughs> but it's going to be Pac-12 no longer after this yeah. season. But he's going to go Major D1. So we're excited to see what's going to happen with him. So anyway... They're a young team, but Mathise has 185 bats at the junior college baseball last season. The rest of the players returning, 135 total. So this is a young team, and again, Todd said a work in progress. But Todd said, and I quote, I really like this team. I think we've got a bright future. He knew this was going to be a tough series this past weekend, and it doesn't get any easier this weekend when they host Utah State University Eastern in a Thursday and Friday twin bill out at Coaches College's Bow Hall Field. So baseball's off and going. Basketball's still on running. Then, of course, we had the the wrestling to talk about as well. Reverting back here to Friday real fast, so the, the game at Coaches College, as I had mentioned, Wilcox came and played Bisbee at Coaches. Both the Bisbee girls and the Bisbee boys were able to prevail in their game. And what was nice is for the Bisbee girls, they had lost to Wilcox by 24 points. January 3rd at Wilcox. Just a couple weeks before. And then came back and beat him by 14 points at Cochise College. What do you think the difference was between those two games? I really don't know. I didn't see the first game. And I would just say that uh, I talked to the coach after the game, and she said the girls just played better. And she thinks the atmosphere at Cochise really helped them because, again, it was senior night, and they were extra motivated. And I've had nothing but compliments about them playing at Cochise College so Again, I have publicly thanked J.D. and Jeff and Angel Ortega, Jeff Faulkner, I might add, for allowing this opportunity to happen. And we are pitching, Jeff, and I am going to take the bull by the horns on this, that during the offseason, it would be nice to have a Cochise County basketball tournament at Cochise Stronghold. 
bring in Buena, bring in Douglas, bring in, I would like to see a Douglas Bisbee basketball game at Coachy Stronghold. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Massively um, attended. A, ma- a, a men's and women's game. And we already know that Coaches College is going to be hosting a, a collegiate basketball tournament here at Buena next year. So Jeff was very receptive to the idea. So as soon as we get done with basketball season, I'm going to contact the athletic directors and say, hey, what are your thoughts? Because we could have St. David versus Valley. We could have Benson versus Tombstone. We could have, you know, Bisbee versus Douglas and maybe Douglas versus Buena. Yeah. You know, and let Douglas play two games. And then if we decide to have Douglas versus or Buena versus Bisbee. Uh, and then we could have a girls' tournament and, and uh, just have a round-robin thing. But I think it would be a very fe- festive atmosphere. I think it would be very well attended. I was appreciative that Jeff and Angel were both receptive to my recommendation. and uh, But it was just based on what I was seeing because that was my highlight of the year already to this point was watching the games at Coaches College and feeling the energy. I mean, I was getting stoked. And then, of course, I had a chance to watch my two cousins, Lane and J.D. Wetton, play. And they did not play as well as I think they were feeling the pressure that night of playing in a different place, and they did not perform as well. But they still had good games, and I'm proud of them. But it was just nice to see the atmosphere, so I'm hoping that that's something we can build on going forward. So now, kicking off the games this past week, Bisbee played on Friday, prevailed, and then as we said on Monday, they were back in action hosting Santa Rita at Naco Elementary. Uh, the Bisbee girls beat Santa Rita by 30, 73-43, while the boys won 74-42. to Wilcox had to get back on the road and head to Pima, which was a tough game for them. Uh, Pima beat the Wilcox girls 64-37, to while the Wilcox boys fell to Pima 58-19. to After tying the school record for wins in the regular season, Douglas broke the school record on Monday, beating Rio Rico 52-50 to on a banked-in three-pointer by Evelyn Gonzalez with 4.7 seconds to go in the game. Whoa. Douglas had been down by 18 points in the third quarter when, they, when it began its comeback. As I mentioned before, that in the second quarter they had lost their star player, so when they went down by 18, they regrouped without her and came back. So I was hoping on Tuesday when Douglas played Micah Mountain, Douglas jumped out to a 7-1 to lead, and Micah comes up, and they go up by 8. And I'm thinking, you were down by 18. Can you come back? But I think they had exerted so much energy on Monday to have two back-to-back physical games just took us toll, and they ended up losing last night. It was a great game, and so they did set the school record right now. So they're at 23-5 and after Tuesday night's loss to Micah, and their regular season is done. And now they know they're in the postseason. We just don't know where it's going to happen. And so right now the situation is Douglas would have won the, ch- the region championship outright on Tuesday night had it beat Micah Mountain because they beat Micah earlier, 54-50 to at Micah. But now with Micah beating Douglas, it's kind of ironically because Douglas goes on the road and they beat the two opponents who beat them at home. They beat Rio Rico and Micah, who they lost to in Douglas. So now it's like, okay, everybody's beating everybody. So now Douglas's region championship hopes are on hold until Tuesday, February 6th, at which time Micah and Rio Rico will play at Micah. And Micah won the first game 48-44. to So if Micah Mountain wins again, they're champions outright. If Rio Rico wins again, then we got a three-way tie again for the region championship, at which time the championship will come in and be decided based on power rankings. And going into the game on Tuesday night, Rio Rico was ranked 9th, Douglas 10th, and Micah 14th. So they were right there. And again, Douglas gave up a heck of a battle last night, just minus the one key player who did not play. But the good news is 
She has served her suspension. Hopefully she's learned her lesson. And, you know, he who retaliates always gets caught. I'm sure just in the heat of the moment, she just retaliated. And unfortunately, it ended up hurting her and the team in the end. Last night's loss to, Doug, to Micah snapped Douglas' six-game winning streak. But it was stick, still a heck of a game. Um, and, again, it was funny because Douglas was down late in the game. And they they, they had only hit one of 20 three-pointers till late in the game. And what did they do? They heave up a three and tie it to force it into overtime. And it was like, okay, so maybe can we do it again? And then in overtime, they just had no legs. They got outscored 8-3, to three and we lost. So that was it. And while that was going on, the Nogales girls beat the Buena girls Tuesday night, 57-27. to And the Buena boys beat Nogales 60-50. to I understand you were at the Buena game. I was. And ready for postseason? I think so. I think they'll focus on the key players and really use their defense and full-court pressure after made shots to be able to keep the pressure on all their opponents. They have a great game plan in place. Dennis Baker has done a great job this year of accentuating the positives and making sure that he would be ready for that playoff run. And they got a big game on Friday night. Sienega. And that's going to be a fun one. And it's at Buena, senior night. So, uh, yes, we are going to be there, and we'll be having the complete story on the My Hill Review website so while that was going on, St. David was hosting Valley Union, and the St. David boys beat the Valley Union boys 65-64, to while the St. David girls, as expected, pretty much maintained their number one ranking, dominating the Blue Devils 65-32. to We also had two soccer games on Tuesday night. Buena girls beat Desert View 4-0, while the Desert View boys soccer beat Buena 4-2. In the state power rankings that came out on Tuesday, for 5A basketball, Buena is still ranked 21st, and it'll probably, it'll probably improve just a little bit after their win over Nogales on Tuesday night. Notre Dame prep number one, Desert Mountain number two, Ironwood number three. For 2A boys basketball, Santan Charter number one, Arizona Lutheran number two, Rancho Solano prep number three, Marinci six, Pima eight, Bisbee 13, Benson 18, Wilcox is 27th, and Tombstone is 35th and all. Pima, Bisbee, et cetera, are in the 2A region. That's why they're being mentioned because, again, Bisbee 13 is hosting 6 Marinci at Valley on Thursday night. That should be a very entertaining game. In the 1A boys basketball, Gregory School, number one, Northwest, North Valley Christian, number two, Tucson Desert Christian, number three. St. David was 19th prior to their win over Valley Union, who was 24th. Valley Union season is pretty much done. I don't think they'll make the top 16 because in 1A, only top 16 goes – St. David is going to need some help, but it's going to help them as St. David boys and girls have a sectional tournament this weekend in Tucson. So if they can do well in there, they got a chance to prove their rankings. So in girls basketball, Williams Field is number one, Notre Dame Prep number two, Canyon View number three, and I hate to say it, Buena is 29th, mm-hmm. and their season is going to be done after Friday night against uh, Cienega. In girls basketball, South Point number one, Mesquite number two, Seton Catholic number three. I misspoke. Rio Rico was eight, Douglas nine, and Micah was 12th as of Tuesday night. I misspoke, folks. So Rio Rico was eighth, Douglas ninth, and Micah Mountain 12th. Even still more impressive. So I, I don't see Douglas dropping down that many slots after losing to Micah. I think Micah might jump Douglas and they might trade spots 12 to nine, but I think Douglas will stay at 12 and they will still give him, instead of giving him that first round bye for a state, they will still give him a state play in game at home which will prevail and hopefully boost them into the state tournament. So in the 2A girls, 
Uh, Phoenix Country Day, number one. Miami, number two. Pima, number three. Tombstone is turning them up right now. They're 15th in the state on the verge of hosting a first-round state play-in game. Benson, 22nd. Wilcox, 26th. And Bisbee, 29th. And then, of course, in the 1A, no surprise, St. David, number one. Joe City, number two. Fort Thomas at Indian School out of Graham County. They're number three. And Valley Union is 10th. And soccer rankings real fast here. Buena boys are on the bubble right now making state. They're currently at 25th, 24 get in. So if they do get in, we're going to be on the road regardless. But Ironwood out of, number, out of uh, Phoenix, Ironwood, number one. Campo Verde, number two. Yuma Kofa, number three. And as we just stated, Buena, 25th. In the boys' foray, Arizona College Prep, number one. Flagstaff, number two. Thunderbird, number three. And Douglas is 18th, actually. And they got a match this Thursday, which Douglas will be going to state in soccer. We just don't know if they're going to host and get into the top 16 or just stay just out of the top 16. So they'll get in. They'll, if they get into the top 16, they'll host. If they get out of the, if they stay where they are, they're going to travel. 5A girls soccer. Buena girls are also 18th right now. They're sitting pretty for making state. And we expect Stephanie Daniels' team to make the, uh, the state tournament. And hats off to her. Notre Dame Prep, number one. Scottsdale Chaparral, number two. Castile, number three. Buena still has one more soccer match to go on Thursday against Cienega. They're actually both teams are playing Cienega, believe it or not, basketball and soccer. So uh, in the girls' 4A rankings, Walden Grove, number one. Flagstaff, number two. Prescott, number three. And Douglas is 14th in the state right now. And they are hosting Micah Mountain, the sixth-ranked team in the state, Wednesday night at Douglas High School. I'm going to be rushing to get back to Douglas this afternoon to cover that game tonight. And then we'll have that story in the Friday edition of the Herald Review. So we got some big games this week, Jeff. Uh, and then I also want to give a quick shout-out. The fact is that we've got girls' sectionals starting this weekend. Uh, Buena, Wilcox, Tombstone, and Douglas will be sending teams. Aisha General will be wrestling for Buena. Douglas will be sending several athletes. And then, of course, we got Abby Tingle, Curiso Riggs. And the Wilcox tandem wrestling. Wilcox is going clear to Payson. Wilcox and Tombstone are going to Payson. Buena is going to Tucson, as is Douglas. I believe Buena is at Flowing Wells. And uh, Douglas, I can't excuse me where they're at. And then boys sectionals were the following week. And then states in two weeks at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. So it's a very busy week of, of games coming up. Very exciting time as now we're starting to to wind up and get ready for state. And Monday, Jeff, high school baseball, softball, track, and tennis begin your first official practices. Wow. They've already been going to several workouts. I mean, I went by Douglas High School yesterday, and the softball players were out doing volunteer workouts. But it all kicks off on Monday. And three weeks later, here we go for, for spring sports. And then we have best of preps. Give the guy a cigar. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's going to be here before we know it, dude. Do we know who the special guest of honor we will be? We haven't decided yet. We're still up in the I, air. Look, Bruce, we're getting close, man. It's time to start making you these know, decisions. It's just, just make the call to Randy Johnson and get him here. I'll leave that between you and Jennifer. Just make the call to Troy Aikman and get him here. No, we're, I think we're going to stay away from football this year. We've done well the last two years, and I'd like to see a baseball player come down or some kind of gifted athlete. Things are just really busy right now at the Herald Review for all of us. I know we need to get tuned in on this really quick, but we'll work it out. Before we end the show today, I want to give a shout-out to my Athlete of the Week. This is a young girl that I've known her for a number of years. 
she's a diehard athlete. She plays multiple sports at Douglas High School. She plays volleyball. She plays softball, but her passion is soccer. And Douglas High School had its soccer senior night this past week, and her tears were flowing, mm. literally flowing, because she knew this was it. And what's sad is she only played three years because she didn't have a freshman year because of COVID. Right. So Carla Pena, a senior at Douglas High School, is my athlete of the week. She is profiled at the Herald Review website and in the Herald Review Weekend Edition. And uh, she talks about her time at Douglas High School, how much fun she's had. She's hoping to get the opportunity to go play college ball, soccer at Cochise College. They are looking at her. I did find that out. But a very nice kid, very gifted athlete. And she's kind of the one of the unsung heroes because she plays defender. She's the last player in front of the goalie. And uh, so she doesn't score much, but she does make a lot of vital stops. And um, I kidded her. I said, you got a freshman loudmouth behind you barking orders. She said, I just do where, I go where she tells me. I trust her. And, uh, and then I, I interviewed America Romero, the freshman goalie, and she says she appreciates her because she does listen to her. And that's the continuity and chemistry you need. She's been a team captain for two years, and that's also the sign of a good team captain that is willing to give direction but also accept direction. And uh, her coach, Mario Romero, spoke very highly of her. So, Carla Pena, we salute you, and we thank you for your, your commitment to the program, and we wish her the best going forward. And what's her favorite food? I did not ask oh, Saturday no. night because, again, we were really rushed to get oh, out of there true. because yeah. it was one of those nights where I had multiple events. and uh, I'm sure so it's pizza. I, I think it's a safe bet. <laughs> but at the same time, um, they all won, and the coach was taking them out to eat. And it was like, Bruce, can we do this quick? I was like, can we do it tomorrow? I said, no, can we do it quick? So I did a five-minute interview in three minutes. Okay. And uh, so, unfortunately, I didn't ask the question, but she did give me enough for a story, and so I appreciate her time with that. But, you know, again, I mean, we got middle school wrestling state champions. We got milestones with Jose Mendez, and then we're saying beloved coaches that are deciding to stepping down. I can't say enough good things about the athletes in the Cochise County here and just what we're seeing, uh, the sportsmanship, the camaraderie, and the the effort they are putting out. And, folks, we keep saying it. If you get a chance, please go and support these athletes. It means the world to them to know they have your support. And that's what we always close every single show with, Bruce. And we know you'll have your eye on everything as it heads toward the state finals, playoffs, everything else in the Herald Review Media in print, online at myheraldreview.com and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. Again, as Bruce just said, we'll say it one more time, that if you are in the neighborhood of any of these games or events going on in your neck of the woods, please consider attending because it means the world to these young student-athletes to have their community support. From the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldie station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. And now we'll send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp.
Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace first. Sierra Vista Ace since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 92. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. The 43rd annual Tombstone Quilt Show begins on Thursday. Featuring a whole lot of beautiful blankets and artworks, this year's show shows off some of Cochise County's top craftsmen. The Tombstone Art Gallery will be open from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. where people can view the quilts, vote on their favorites, and purchase them to take home at the end of the month. Finally, today we're remembering the life of Van Wilson. Van was born in Crookston, Minnesota, and attended the University of Washington, where he received a degree in chemical engineering and a degree in industrial engineering. He founded Northwest Scientific Instruments and was a talented business person with a gift for hard work and discipline. Van was an accomplished swimmer and former lifeguard, snow skier, golfer, and basketball player, where he routinely schooled his good friends in games of one-on-one. He was appointed to Annapolis and attended Hill Military High School in Portland, Oregon, where he played football. He is survived by his sister, son, in-laws, stepson, and numerous cousins and friends. He was predeceased by his first wife, Rose, his second wife, Jan, and his oldest son. He also has had numerous dogs, which he loved deeply. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Van's life. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.